This is Social Media Simplified, the podcast that takes the guesswork out of using social media to build your audience and increase your exposure on the web. Join us as a social media scholar for exclusive tips, tactics, and strategies to create content, market your brand, and much more. Let's do this. Welcome, social media scholars, to Social Media Simplified. I'm your collaboration connoisseur, Lante Tacona. And as always, Nathan Garrett, your digital dynamo. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the seven steps to building a profitable social media campaign. And number six will shock you. Mm, Definitely. (laughs) So let's go ahead and start talking about campaigns. And and maybe we can give a a little bit of context, uh, uh, maybe uh, to, to ground the audience. Um, so let, how about we talk about e-commerce, e-commerce campaigns, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so why would you need to run a campaign? What's the purpose of running a campaign? Mm-hmm. And then we can start talking about how to build one. Sure, sure. Well, <clears throat> basically, these days, with a lot of different e-commerce stores, or really any business in general, you need to start paying for traffic. Mm-hmm. It sounds harsh, but it's actually true. Mm-hmm. you got to pay for traffic now because... Organic traffic still exists, it definitely does, but if you're looking to accelerate the process and get sales, whether it be more leads for a service-based business or if you want to get more sales for an e-com store, you have to start paying for traffic. Why? Because it's just very, very competitive out there. You know, um, speaking of traffic, that's interesting because, uh, and I, I always reference this, um, and because it, it was such a, a good lessons learned thing. Back when I started my um, my digital journey and I, I was doing ebooks. Um, a part of that was uh, I was really focused on the product itself, the book, editing it, getting it done, getting a cover, getting everything perfect, rewriting it, all that kind of stuff. But um, but once I actually published this thing, I figured, hey, you know what? I'm just going to start getting sales now. It's with all the other books on Amazon, so mm-hmm. this is going to be a great thing. And uh, and I quickly realized that no one was looking at my book. Mm-hmm. You know, you're one you're one island out of a billion islands out there on the so internet. Many. And how do you get people to notice you, right? Yeah. And to notice you quickly. That's so right. The, the organic way is great, and and there's 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 ways that or there's certain situations where you might want to consider having an organic sort of community and organic traffic. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're doing like mentorship and that sort of stuff. So you really want to build your um your your community. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to selling a, a digital product um, that potentially doesn't have your face behind it, mm-hmm. you really have to get people to notice that and, and, and a campaign or paying for your traffic is, yep. is a critical, critical yeah, piece. You really should I mean having that organic traffic going obviously, having uh, someone managing your social media pages, pumping out content Making look at sure, the metrics. Yeah, look at the metrics, making sure you're pumping out the right types of content, making sure people are engaged. That's very important. But will that get you sales right away? Most likely not. No. I mean, you'll see some traction, but mm-hmm. if you want sales and you want to be able to attribute those sales exactly to what you are, the efforts, Your efforts, the efforts yeah. you're putting in, then paid traffic really is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what starts where it starts to get tricky is, is how, do you, how do you know you're spending your money the right way yeah 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 there's a lot that goes into it and so over time with my clients and also just based on my learning I have come up with seven steps that I know will it's very predictable system where if you follow these seven steps you will get results for your paid traffic campaign yeah and I just want to qualify that that you know the these these steps that uh, you're you're intending on sharing these are these are proven strategies 
Uh, as a matter of fact, this is going to be a very valuable episode because this is stuff you've actually paid, <laughs> paid for to learn. You know? I have paid a lot of money to learn a lot of this <laughs> stuff, man. I've paid a lot of money. Not only that, I've gone through uh, hours and hours and hours and hours of trial and error to actually get this mm. right. And I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. I still have some trouble with some clients' campaigns. Most of them go really well, but there's also those that don't go as well. And yeah. so... And would I say it's a perfect system? No, but this system has become more predictable for me where now I know when I have a new client, I start this way and the chances of success are very high. Much higher. Yeah. All right, well, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so how, how do we build a campaign? What's the first step? Yeah, yeah, so <clears throat> we'll use, uh, let's go ahead and use an example here first. So you say you wanna go with e-com or you wanna go with the lead gen? Um, well, actually, because this is uh, something that you've had a lot of experience in, mm-hmm. you, you go ahead and ground us on which one would be better that we, uh, okay. we can best relate. You know? I would say I've had more experience in Legion than Ecom. I'm getting into Ecom lately. So mm-hmm. let's go with Legion. Uh, lead generation, customer opportunities for small local businesses. That's what I do really well. So, for example, right now I'm working with a client who specializes in uh, window cleaning and concrete cleaning and roof repair, not repair, roof cleaning, gutter cleaning. Power washing. Power washing, everything you need on a home, right? Mm -hmm. Because after a while it just gets dirty. And so that's what they do. That's Mm -hmm. what they specialize in. Mm -hmm. So starting this campaign out, the best way to start is to immediately go in and do customer and competitor research. Okay. Knowing your audience and knowing who's in direct competition with you. Because you can sometimes look at your competition. This is the coolest part. So since that GDPR thing went down, that whole data mishap that Facebook dealt with with Cambridge Analytica, Mm -hmm. a new feature they've now offered, uh, basically on every business's Facebook page, if they're running an ad, like currently, Mm -hmm. you can go on their page, click on a button, and it'll take you to what ads they're currently running. No kidding. No All joke. Right. No joke. Wow. That's the coolest part. So you can now look at what ads they're running. So if you do have a competitor, you can just type in their name in Facebook, go to their business page. If they are running ads, you can see what they're running. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, you could actually look at, um, you can look at like geographic locations. You can look at what offers they're giving and then yeah. sort of like begin to leverage. A lot of that. A lot of that. Your, and yeah. so... Uh, you can't look at the metrics, though, as far as what social proof they've gotten. You, you can't see if they have any likes or shares. You can't see that yet. It's blank, mm-hmm. but you can see, you can see the creative. You can see the ad copy, all of you that. You can see their billboards. Like, pretty much, right? right? So you can get ideas from that for your own ads. That's why I love doing that now with competitive mm. research. I either go there or go to their website and kind of look at what they're offering. What are their competitive advantages over my clients? You know, how long they've been in business for, where they're located, what services they offer. That's what I usually do. Combine that with if you go on Facebook and you do like their page, right? Sometimes if you like a few of their pages, Facebook picks up on that. They're like, hey, you're a potential customer for this um, this this other competitor. They'll start serving you their ads. That's a great way to do it, actually. So... Again, going back to my book example, uh, my book was about sleep, and mm-hmm. so I didn't know how to start advertising for sure, for yeah. sleep-related you know products. But what I did was I went onto Facebook. I, I literally typed in sleep in mm-hmm. the search, um, and clicked pages. So I saw all the sleep-related pages and stuff. And from there, I went and liked and followed it just so they could serve me their ads and I can see how they are doing it exactly. and I can align mine to that as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah, that's really, yeah, it's, it's a good way to find out what's working and what's not working. 
So if you like some of their pages, Facebook will serve you their ads if they are running them. Not all of them will be. If they're running ads, and another cool thing is this, is if you like their pages, and then Facebook picks up on that, like, okay, this this person's clearly interested in window washing or whatever it might be, or that competitor is running for people that like their page. You can do that. Mm -hmm. When they serve you the ads, you actually can also look, when the ad comes in the news feed, there's a little three dots next to the ad. You can click on it, and it says, why am I seeing this ad? It's mm. an option. You click that. Now, based on this whole new data thing, the transparency factor, you can click on that, and it'll show you a page of why you're seeing the ad. Mm. It'll tell you, basically, you're seeing this ad because you fit the description of, A, you liked their page, mm. or B, you showed interest somewhere else like in window washing or whatever it might have been. So that's the cool thing is now you can see what ads they're running and why, why they're targeting you. So so you can actually almost begin to develop a customer profile, right? It, tells you, it tells you why you're doing it in so you way. can search for people. It's not everything you need, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and that's, that's based on transparency. That's a good thing in a way. You can now see what your competitors are doing. So, so what are some things that, or, or maybe a thing that people do wrong when it comes to customer research, or maybe some assumptions that? Well, that was more competitor research. Competitor really. research. Yeah. Um, with customer and competitor research, man, um, what they do wrong? Well, I would say honestly, the biggest thing they do wrong is they don't do it at all. A <laughs> lot of them don't. They yeah. what they issue with marketers that I've come across are mainly not marketers, but businesses that are running their own ads and they don't hire an agency they think they know what their audience wants, mm, right? Mm. You fall into that trap of like, I've been in business 30 years. I know my customers really well. Maybe they need new traffic now. They're going online. But you might know them well. Yeah, you probably have a good idea, but you might not know everything. And so you're going to assume a lot of stuff, and you're, what you're going to do is not test. Okay, yeah. And you might <clears throat> you might, you might, might actually know your customers. I mean, if you've been in business for 30 year, years, you know what kind of people yeah. um, are, are looking for your products or you know, but are being served. But it's also when you're marketing, right, you have to accurately be able to target these people, right? You have to get your profile right, not just what you assume or high-level things, but uh, you really have to dig in a little bit deeper because you you're going to spend money yep. to then target those specific people so you want as, much, as many attributes yes. as possible. Yes, exactly. And so uh, that's competitor research is definitely important. Just mainly you want to see what they're already doing. That's a lot of times that's the biggest part. With customer research, uh, you can use something called Facebook Audience Insights. They give you a lot of data. Uh, basically, you can look on the back end inside of uh, Business Manager, go into uh, Facebook Audience Insights, and you can figure out based on someone's interests. So for example, my client right now, the window washer, if someone's interested maybe in a home improvement per se, mm -hmm. right? you type that interest in, and it will tell you in that area, it will tell you who else is interested in home improvement, A, and also what other pages did they also like. Mm. So you can look at other related pages like, oh, they're interested in this as well or they're interested in this. Mm -hmm. Now, this type of thing I'm describing is probably better for a much larger campaign when you're targeting like maybe entire countries. Mm -hmm. For like local areas, for small businesses, usually you don't have to do this much research. A lot of times you can just do basic interest targeting, like, oh, they're interested in home improvement or, you know, they, they own a house. Maybe they're interested in owning more homes. Another good thing is maybe look at 
um, maybe there's another industry altogether that you would not have thought of that might benefit from your client. For example, with this window washing client, the real estate industry, people that are realtors, they own, they, they're trying to sell homes, make them look beautiful. My client could benefit from that, right? He might mm. want to come in and be like, hey, I know you're trying to sell this house. I will clean it up for you to make it look more presentable. Right. So it's not only the, the person who owns yeah. the house saying, I want to clean my house. Exactly. It's, it's looking outside of that box and saying, well, who else would yeah, want to Yeah, what other it? industries right. might actually benefit be besides for the direct consumer? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff you got to think of. And that's really just doing lots of research online, typing into Facebook, seeing what Facebook groups are talking about, seeing what the competitors are doing. That research phase, I can't stress that enough how important it is. First step. First, First step. step. First step. Absolutely. Okay. So so now that we we've established that obviously customer research and competitor research is an important it's it's pretty much the one of the the cornerstones of your campaign. Oh yeah, you won't know if they want. Right. Yeah, you know yeah. you don't know it's working if you don't actually research. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So so then so then where do we go from there? What's the second thing to so consider? So I mentioned it earlier but the next thing we really need to do is we need to start doing the testing. Testing's important. Assuming you know what they want. Or even looking at your competitors' ads and seeing what they're doing, you're like, oh, I'll just go ahead and copy that, and then my campaign will be successful. That's not how it always works. Mm. You know, maybe they're targeting a different audience. Maybe the audience just don't respond to your brand as they respond to the competitor's brand. And because you don't have the insights on the competitor's ad, that ad might not actually be working. Yeah, it might right? not be working, or it was at one time, but maybe it's not anymore. Like, mm. there's, a, there's a lot of reasons. So... You want to use it for inspiration for sure, mm-hmm. but test, lots of testing. And there's three main phases that you want to do when you start testing a campaign. Mm-hmm. So we call this rapid fire testing. The first thing you got to do when you're testing is you want to test your different buyer personas. Okay. So for example, going back to this uh, campaign I'm running, I'm testing out people that are just in the general area of where this client's business is. It's such a small uh, population that you really don't have to do tons and tons of targeting. If it's a smaller area, you don't wanna drill down with interests and behaviors because Facebook will get bogged down, it'll get too nitty gritty and they won't be able to reach enough people. Mm -hmm. So if you have a small business you just go ahead and target the general area, what we call blanket targeting. Geographically? Yeah, or, geographically. Yeah. I'm talking like just a pure, just like age and then a geographic radius. That's it. No other no other things are needed for that. Okay. Because Facebook won't have enough data to learn from because it's such a small area. Ah, fair enough, yes. So that's one example of a buyer persona is just simple blanket targeting, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm also using another buyer persona. I would have used realtors in that area, but again, it's a small area, so there's not enough data, so I can't do that. So what I'm doing is I'm comparing that against what we call a lookalike audience. Okay. That customer, that client already had a customer list before he started the campaign. He handed that over to me. Uh-huh. I plugged into Facebook. They found other customers just like Who those. looked like them yeah. in that geographic location. So those are my two buyer personas right now. Currently, actually, the blanket targeting is doing better. Mm-hmm. It's getting um, cheaper messages right now, which is great. So that's the first thing is you want to test buyer personas. After you do your customer research, figure out your personas, right? Mm-hmm. Who could potentially buy? And it would be best if if you had a, something to start with, which is yeah. a, a client list. If they've been in business oh, for 30 gosh, years, gosh. If they, they know have their a customers, list, man. tell me what this customer yes, you want looks that like. List. You want that lookalike audience because Facebook will find other people that... Yeah, look like those customers or prospects, right? Mm-hmm. 
So definitely do that. <laughs> definitely be uh, testing out your buyer personas. And this isn't supposed to be some fancy thing. You just put up a few different creatives, right? Uh, different ad images. Uh, put up a little bit of copy. Put up a headline that's not an offer. Just put up a headline that says, like for example, for him, my headline was just, "We love to do your dirty work." Oh, nice. That's it. It's that's not. A nice one. Yeah, it's not very. Uh, it's not specifically like, "Hey, fifteen percent off this thing." It's not that. The reason why is we just want to test just the audience, see who who's, responds. Who's gonna respond? To that's this. it. That's all I'm testing right now. We're not even trying to get customers right now, and ironically, we are. Yeah. He's getting lots of customers right now just from that, which is really cool. All right. But that's just just the first stage. We don't, mm -hmm. We're not even trying to get customers yet. Mm -hmm. But that's the first stage. Make a generic copy. Test a few different creatives, but you're really just testing those buyer personas. That's it. So that's the first rapid fire test. The second rapid fire test. Now you want to go in and start testing these hooks or these offers. Okay. 15% off your next window washing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, buy one roof cleaning, get one free. Uh, whatever right. whatever it is. You got to test right. a few of them. Refer a friend. Refer a friend. Uh, yeah, you, you get this much off, this right. percentage 50% off. 50% off. Right? Yeah, you're just going to test a few different offers. Usually a discount would work in this situation. My client, this is a fairly simple client. Mm -hmm. But I got another one. How about a free assessment? Sure. Before I'm we... actually going to test that as well. Usually right. those don't work as well because there's no offer. Uh huh. But I'll test out like a free, uh, what is it, um, a free quote, right, free yeah. estimate versus maybe 15% off window cleaning. Okay. I'll test that. Right. Yeah, I'll test maybe two or three offers. That's it. And that's purely just testing the offers. I want to see, so the copy will be related to that. But I want to test it out, put some generic creatives in there, but you just want to see what offers work with the buying persona. What are that people one, engaging with? That right? one, right? Uh -huh. You got to go ahead and declare a winner from the first round, right? Mm -hmm. You're comparing those two personas, whichever one you turn off the other, you turn off both of them really, and you just use that one buyer persona. Now you test all the hooks and the offers on that one. With the persona. That so one. the first part is just getting your persona right. Yep. And then you plug that persona into an actual Yeah, you plug hook. the winner into now you're testing the hooks okay. like, uh, for that persona. Right. From there, once you test the hooks and you figure out which one works, now you test the winning persona, the winning hook, and now the fun part. You can test all the creatives, the headlines, the copy, all that good stuff to see what wording really resonates with that audience as well as with that hook, right? And at this point, you're looking for actual leads, right? That, yeah, at, that, now point, you're trying to at that point, you're really like, your ad is kind of coming together. You're, you're yeah. just optimizing this to the to the best of its ability so you can get the most yeah. results. I think that's such an important phase in, in setting up a marketing campaign is is understand, is testing your creatives, te getting all the infrastructure right mm -hmm. up front because up front. A lot of times, and I'm guilty of it myself, is you know I'm selling a product. I immediately write a, an ad, right, and excited. I'm trying to sell the the, the ad, the uh, product, and you know I'm I'm spending my marketing dollars. Try, oh my gosh, I got this many likes, this many engagements, and you know I'm already in the thick of it without having that fundamental piece. Right. So yeah, and so I've been guilty of it too. Part. Trust me, man. I've definitely been guilty of that. But it's it's good to be patient and really know what your audience is wanting, and yeah, what type of hook they will respond to. And then you can get into the fun part with the creatives, with the ad copy. That's less important, I'd say, than the hook, but still very important. And so it's step three. That's pretty right. much the rapid fire step three. Right. Around that time, though, between step two and step three, you need to be building out your back end. So meaning like your your, sales funnel. Your yeah, your pages, sales funnel or if it is a bot. So that's really what I consider step four. But So those rapid fire tests, that's really step two. It's like you want to make sure your buyer persona is on lock. 
your hook, your offers on lock, and then your creative and your copies on lock. Okay. So th that's good. That's your testing now. So going going back, so the first step in building a profitable campaign mm. is your customer and your competitor research. That's, right. that's that. There's no action there. You're just learning, learning, reading. You know, figuring out what the insights and that are. That takes a industry. you know a few days, not not very long if right. you do the right 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 work. And then the second one is now you're starting to get a little bit more. Uh, you're taking some action now. You're 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 testing. You're you're building out your your customer uh, personas. You're looking at your um, your ad copies, your headlines, and your hooks, and then you're now creating an actual ad and, and looking at the inside. So yep. that's the, that's the second step of building that's the a second step there. Campaign. Yeah, and so making sure you do all the right testing in those three phases. Now go ahead and on the third step, go ahead and build out your yeah, build out your campaign pretty much. So what's going to happen here is this: is that you want to go ahead and build out your funnel. Whether it be landing pages or mm -hmm. a bot, and I would definitely recommend testing both as well. So if you have landing pages you want to get people into, or you want to bring them into a messenger bot, you definitely want to go ahead and test both to mm -hmm. see which ones work. So you're testing now your your sort of like your call to actions at this point, right? So I mean, if you have a landing page, uh, you click on an ad, it takes you to a landing mm -hmm. page. You want to see. Uh, if people are engaging with that page, yep. if people are maybe signing up or clicking a button or downloading yep. whatever it is yep. you have to offer, yep. that kind of a thing. Yep. And, and 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 for a bot, well, what are you considering? So I know I understand that you know with uh, with some ads you can click it mm -hmm. rather than going to a website. Facebook Messenger pops up. That's right. So now you're kind of in a chat. It throws you into a bot. I mean, you can also do a landing page with a bot as well, where they go to a landing page before they enter the bot. So mm -hmm. sometimes that buffer is good. So you want to test that as well. And so when you get them into the bot, I like bots a lot more than landing pages these days, but it doesn't always test well. Some people don't respond as well to bots. What would you consider uh, Facebook's newest feature, which is the Canvas ad? So you, Ooh, you click yeah. on that and you're kind of at a landing page, but you're still within Facebook. Yeah, man, I got such high engagement with that recently. Uh, man, it's because, yeah, it's because you don't have to leave Facebook and you can have this interactive experience right on Facebook with different types of media, whether it be video, images, text, which is so cool, right? Yeah. You, can, you can do all that. You just open the ad. It's just this entire full experience right there on Facebook feed. It's yeah. amazing. So, so if you guys haven't seen Canvas ads, start to pay attention. Um, you might want to just go click around on some ads here and there, but some of them will take you out of Facebook. Some might open up a chatbot, but a Canvas ad will actually keep you in Facebook. Yeah, but looks like a, a website. Yeah, that's so you right. You don't actually have to like leave into Chrome or that's right. Or I mean, what I probably will do with this one client we were discussing is that I will. I'm just still testing his buyer personas right now, but I might up. I might at the end on, on the the step two or step three, whatever you want to call it as far as the testing goes. Really, step two and step three really kind of combine with the ad copy and the creative and then testing the buyer personas. Those are those are such essential steps that you definitely don't want to overlook them. But what I'm going to probably do once I get down to that last step is I'm going to go and actually create a Canvas ad. I'm just going to put it all together into one nice thing with video and images and testimonials and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to get them in, you know, to fill out their email and their phone number. Yeah, and that's yeah. really all he needs, honestly. And you're saying that um, you're getting a lot of good uh, engagements and um, responses to your Canvas Already, ads, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, that, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and a, part of, a part of that is also... And we've, talked about this on previous episodes is that it's one of Facebook's newest features, mm -hmm. right? So Facebook is probably going to be promoting people who are using yeah. these types of ads. Oh, yeah. 
um, over over the more traditional ways. So that's a, a way to leverage the algorithm is to use the newest feature. And in this case, yeah, be a and, and traditional, ad. you always got to stay on top of it, right? Things change all the time with marketing, so you want to make sure the user is always having a good experience. Mm, mm. And I'm using one of those right now for my other client, the Canvas ad, and it just got such high engagement. I'll probably start using it for all my clients, honestly. Nice. What are, what are some other things to consider when you're building out your campaign? Yeah, so this is technically step four, right, where mm -hmm. you, you're building out uh, either a landing page or a bot. And so you definitely want to be testing a few different types of landing pages. You you can test out the... This is more the UX UI of the Yeah, but page. you just want to see how people respond. You just want to have what we call a control page, the page that you start with. And then you have variations of that page. Okay, and so you're test just like your ad, you're testing yeah, multiple Yeah, and you can do that. You that. can test out. Um, this isn't always necessary. I probably won't do this for this client because it's a simpler campaign. But if you're running a massive campaign, yeah, you want to be testing lots of stuff. Mm. And the cool thing about the software I use called ClickFunnels, you can actually have multiple variations of one page. And you can, uh, there's a little... Toggle. Yellow toggle where you can toggle the percentage of traffic that you want to go to each page. All oh, right. Yeah. So like the control page maybe can take up I don't know fifty percent. Yeah. And if you have two other variations, each one of those can take twenty five percent of the traffic. So rather than like having an entire new URL and saying okay I'm going to run this first page for a day and then mm -hmm. I'm going to turn that one off and then I'm going to come back and do another one the next day, you can actually do it all within the click funnel. It'll so split you can it have up for you. Five of them going and you say you know what I want my percentages to be 20, 15, 30, whatever. And then you can reach. look at all those stats for each one and figure out which one performed mm, the best. That's interesting. It's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So that's what I would do. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, some lead gen clients do not require as much that complication, uh, that complex uh, stuff because it's a basic, you know, lead form. You can just have them fill out their name and their phone number and their email or their address. And mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. What, 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 um, what are you looking at or what do you consider good time frames to have to, to complete like um, your, your testing phases or mm -hmm. you're building your campaign? How do you know how long to let it run for until yeah, you good, switch? Yeah, good question. Yeah. So. Uh, there was, uh, there's a lot of marketers out there that tell you um, it's based on time. Like, oh, we need to wait like a few days to make this happen. Like, usually they say like 48 to 72 hours. Okay. But I don't think that's right. I think you, because everyone's campaign is different. If you're pumping a lot of money into it and you're getting results fast, you shouldn't have to wait a few days. So the best, the rule of thumb that I follow <laughs> now is you need to be getting between 1,500 and 2,000 impressions on that All ad. right, you're going off of impressions. Yeah, because if I'm spending five bucks a day, right, on my campaign, I might not get to those 2,000 impressions till day three because I'm not spending a lot. Mm. But if I'm spending 50 bucks a day, I'll get to those impressions really day. quickly. So I know, right, I know, right? So it's based on not time, I'd say more impressions. How many people saw it and what were the click-through rates, what were the engagement rates, all that good stuff. Mm, so you want to get that fast, yeah. fail fast. Yes, that's saying. a good amount of testing you can do. And But I always leave like, I usually leave a few weeks for all the testing phases, you know, like mm -hmm. customer research, competitor research, all the rapid fire testing just to give it enough time. And plus, if I'm juggling multiple clients, you know, I might not be able to start all of them at the same time. So right. I always tell the client, it's going to take about three to four weeks for us to do all the testing, all the builds, everything. Once we have that done, though, from there on out, we usually are good to go. Now you can start, start the results. marketing. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. So we've talked about uh, the customer research and competitor research. We've talked about um, the testing mm -hmm. portion of this. Uh, we talked about building out a campaign mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then and so what are we got where are we at now this is step four 
So technically step five, actually. Okay. So we're combining uh, with the testing, we're combining uh, the ad copy, the creative mm -hmm. with the other types of testing, which is like the persona testing and right. the book testing. Mm -hmm. Testing really, yeah, having two steps for testing, that's fine. You mm -hmm. need to test a lot. So mm -hmm. uh, basically, so on the, yeah, in step four, though, when you're building out the landing pages or building out the bot, there's a lot we can go into that, but there's plenty of other episodes we've covered as far as the specifics, but you definitely want to be testing both. Bots do well in some areas. They, they don't do as well in others. That's why you always need to be testing. Sometimes you don't need a landing page. That might be too much. Maybe you can just use a basic lead form on Facebook. If you just need like name, email, phone number, you don't need a landing page. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, it just varies. So test, that's all I got to say. Just test those two. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's step four. Uh, step five, really, is you want to set up some sort of either messenger or email nurturing sequence. So once they enter into your funnel, they put their email down, their name, whatever, you want to throw them into an email sequence or a messenger sequence. Basically, just to give that customer more assurance of who you are and what it's you more, do. More touch points, right? Yeah. Because what happens is sometimes, you know, you, you, might, uh, you might be running a... Um, call it a, a, a pre-order, a product pre-order. You have a product and, you, and you're not ready to sell it necessarily, but you want to mm -hmm. start gathering up a list of potential prospects. And, um, and, and we get focused on what the ad is doing. Oh yes, I got another email, I got another email, I got another email, but what are you doing with those email addresses while the ad is running, right? You have to wear multiple hats here. Yeah, right? yeah, so set up some automated sequences for sure. Like for email, I would definitely recommend what we call a soap opera sequence. Mm -hmm. So, for example, with this client, the window washer, when people enter into his funnel and they put down their email, immediately I'm going to send them a thank you email, mm -hmm. and it's going to be an introduction to who he is and what his story is. Right. As far as like, hi, I'm you know John the window washer. I've been doing this for years. Here's my team. Maybe it's a picture of his family or whatever it might be. Sure. Introduce him as the character, as the brand. Right. People want to recognize who that is. Oh. That's this isn't, yeah, this isn't just some sort of shadow Yeah, ad it's like this guy else. has, this is a real human. Yeah. You know, he's been around. He's uh. been doing this for years. He wants to help people out. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually the first email there. Then you want to go introduce more of like what the products and services are, what he's done in the past. So this is more of a five-day email sequence, but you can combine a lot of these elements into less than five days. Mm -hmm. But, you know, send out testimonials, what they've done in the past. Um yeah, customer success stories, maybe some challenges that other customers have faced and he's been able to come in and solve those problems. Maybe someone doesn't, he's, they've worked with other businesses that couldn't clean their gutters properly and he came in, fixed the problem, maybe he fixed it just in time and they actually were able to avoid uh, major property damage mm. that they saved a lot of money. Yeah, so you're, you're really qualifying and quantifying uh, your 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 business, right? Yeah, and 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 you know the great thing people always say email marketing is dead, which, but which it's not. At no, all, it's right? not dead. Um, it's a great way to now uh, have more touch points with your prospects, and it's free, right? Yeah. Rather than running an ad and saying I want another impression and another impression and paying for those impressions. Yeah. You can email multiple people at one time, and that's an impression right there. And that's yeah. you're, it's it's a it's a more personal one as well. Yep. Because um, your email is it sticks around. Uh, I always look scroll through my emails, and I, you know headlines are going to be important on that. What's your subject? 
line because mm-hmm. you know I might may or may not open it, but um, open rates are another thing to consider, right? Yeah, I mean they're lower these days because of you know email. Everyone's inbox is flooded, but it still does work if you have the right uh, subject header. Mm-hmm. If also, it's informative. Sure. It's a, if it's informative without even having to. Open. Sometimes yeah. I write, uh, let's say at work or something, or I don't write actually in the body of the email. I'll literally write my one sentence zinger in the subject line, so the person doesn't have to actually click. It's mm. just I have info, and if they need to get into it more, they may cool. open it. But otherwise, you know, get right. Yeah, up I would front. say that's yeah. important. The subject line are definitely important, as well as the preview text. That's an option now. If mm. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. So the preview text isn't necessarily what you first wrote in the body. The preview text is a completely separate thing. So, like when you click an email, say you see an email in your uh, in your inbox, mm-hmm. you have a subject line, and then it has like I don't know how many characters. But that's your preview right text. That, yeah. When you click that body, uh, click the email. When you open it up, that preview text usually isn't in there. It's huh. just like the body. But that preview text is meant for you to see more. Like, oh, do I really want to open this? It's right. like extra on top of the subject line. It's kind of like um, when you when you Google something, right, in a search engine, and, and then you have like your options, mm. but underneath it you have like a tagline or something. That's so right. You click on that. The tagline is never. Sometimes that's frustrating to me. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And then yeah, I click on, I'm like, dang it, where is that yeah, sentence? Exactly. Yeah. But but it got me to click on it. Right. You got you to click on it. Exactly. That's the whole point. So mm-hmm. yeah, that comes back to email marketing, but. You definitely still want to have that for, you know, if you're running uh, either for your own business or for maybe another small client, you still want to have those email sequences. People want to learn more about the business. When you can introduce yourself to the business mm-hmm. or the customer to the business before they actually go and meet with them, yeah, that's great. Their show up rate is going to be a lot higher because of that. Yeah. And I've actually seen uh, firsthand um, many of my peers um, get into the whole online digital space. Um, a couple of them specifically were more of uh, mentoring or you know um, kind of like empowerment groups kind mm. of thing and it's really interesting actually there's one who's doing our uh, resumes and stuff but it's really interesting to see how the emails nurturing works right and how they start from like nowhere Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in very short amount of time, next thing you know, they have a lot of responses. People are joining their groups. They they have an active and engaged audience. And yeah. it's it's such an important piece. Yeah, if and, you do it right, yeah, yeah, there's a strategy behind it. If yeah. you definitely do it right, man, it can be very effective. Yeah, and, and I'm guilty of, of thinking, you know, oh, well, this is unnecessary or, or that's corny or, you know, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Or yeah. I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, don't here. reinvent the wheel. The people, email marketers have figured it out It by works. Now. It does it work. Works. They know the formula. Just follow the formula. It really yeah. does work. People respond well to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And another good thing about email is also it doesn't disappear like an ad would. It goes away and you know you can't find it anymore. I literally use my my inbox as kind of like a library, really. Yeah. So if I ever need something or I think of like a, an offer or oh what about this you know maybe I'm looking for a credit card now or something I'll just yeah. go to my email and type in credit cards and all of a sudden something, boom something will come up all my emails yeah. with offers would come up or Dude, something oh like my that gosh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's an awesome library really it is so. yeah I mean mine's a little messy right now I definitely need to clean it up oh mine's mine's huge dude it's those days you're just like man I need to go in and just unsubscribe from a lot of things unroll me yes unroll me just, is a great website that you can oh uh, really yeah yeah, okay. yeah. unroll un- me you literally yeah me. yeah you type in your email address um and you know you sign in select your email and it goes through and gives you a, a, an alphabetical list okay. of all of the different things that you're subscribed I to i know that all and you can, can literally like click and say unsubscribe and you know like, check a whole bunch of boxes and say unsubscribe me from all these Ooh, i'm gonna probably do that today yeah Having yeah 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 unroll. It's, bad. unroll it's bad okay unroll yep. me i'll look into that mm-hmm. uh but yeah email marketing is not dead uh like i said earlier messenger sequences as well very good to nurture people when they come in the door um 
maybe you want to give them like a few reasons why they should, you know, get their house clean today. It's like, oh, you know, this, this, and this, if it's related to maybe saving money or maybe look, making your house look more presentable, all this stuff. But you just want to give them that type of uh, reassurance, like, hey, you've chosen the right company for the job. Mm. If they haven't called you yet, maybe if they read a few emails, they're like, oh, yeah, I signed up for that. Yeah. I will call them. I need my house cleaned. Yeah, especially with things that aren't uh, spontaneous or instant buys, right? Like right. window washing. I mean, I might be doing ads in the springtime, but it, I'm not ready. I'm going to wait a couple months. See, but if you but, give them lots of content and nurture uh -huh. them, the likelihood of them calling you is going to be much well, And Although, remember, again, going yeah. back to the Gmail thing or, or email inbox thing is, you know, I might have seen your ad in, in the springtime. Now it's August. And I'm thinking, hey, you know what? I should get my house clean. Where do I start? And yeah. I remember my email. I had yeah. an email about that, yeah. right? So you and have actually, a reference point. It really actually brings me into the next step, really, is what we call retargeting stacks mm. or just retargeting in general. Retargeting stacks, that's more of an e-com thing. It's a little complex. For Legion, though, you still want to retarget people. If they opted in for something months earlier and you know they're on your list and you know when they opted in, maybe it's time to go and send them another ad. It's like, hey, remember when you opted in for this? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's time to get your gutter clean now or maybe it's time to get your windows clean. So retargeting is very important when it comes to that. And it's also a way just to remind people, right, of what they've already signed up for because they probably have forgotten yeah. if they didn't take advantage of it. So, so when you reference retargeting stack, what is the mm. stack part of that? So the stack, again, like with Legion, you don't have to do that as much. But let's say, let me think of an example here. So let's say this. Let's say uh, basically someone opts in for maybe a 15% off a window clean. They're going to clean their windows. 15% off. They opt in for it. But let's say they don't take advantage of it. Okay, and maybe seven days later, you have it set up where you remind them, you're like, hey, 50% off, make sure you take advantage of this, this is expiring soon, right? That's one form of retargeting, someone that just opted in and then re reminding them a few days later, that's a retarget. Now, let's say this though, uh, let's say you stack on top of that, you say you have a seven day time period where you know, anyone that opted in, in seven days, I'm going to send them a reminder if they have not purchased yet. Mm -hmm. That's one uh, layer of the stack. And you can automate that. You can automate everything. Right. One layer of the stack. Let's say you stack on another retargeting thing, which is this, is that maybe people that did opt in and did purchase that window cleaning thing, maybe you stack on another thing, maybe like, I don't know, 60 days later saying, hey, we have a new special on roof cleaning now mm -hmm. that person already purchased for windows they're more likely now to purchase something else okay so you stack on another offer so that way if you stack on a few different things that are relevant to that user mm -hmm. man, that funnel can be evergreen i can i can see this getting very big because you can stack you have to first of all um sort of delineate delineate your audience right you think okay these are people who may have clicked on an ad but didn't buy. Yeah. So you can re retarget them yep. with a stack. And yep. these are my my current customers that um have already purchased from me once. Um, I want to re-engage them. That's a different yep. sort of stack. That's right. Yeah. So or, the, or these are some people that you know um, maybe got halfway through my process mm -hmm. but maybe didn't apply for something. Yes. And could, so there's a lot of different ways, and I think that's very important because. Yeah, I think when you're marketing, you're talking to people, right? You know, you don't just kind of walk up to somebody in the middle of the street and say, 
uh, oh, hey, I have this product. Do you want to buy it? And then, you know, chances are they're going to say, no, I don't even know you. I don't know. What are you talking about? Right? Yeah. But you, when you nurture them through these yeah. retargeting stacks. Nurture them through email and then right? stacking and like and basically letting them know, hey, we're still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminding them, also maybe offering them something new. But when you stack on it appropriately and you make sure you segment out, mm-hmm. don't, don't be sending people offers for the same thing they may have just bought. Mm. That would be frustrating. Or I saw something recently in my mastermind group someone did with, I think it was an e-com store where they didn't segment out people properly. And basically someone had bought a product and they got retargeted with that same product, but it was 50% off now. Oh. And that person was not happy. They're like, I just bought this. For full a, price. And a week later, now it's half off. Right. That's not cool. Right. So that's why you should segment out your audience <laughs> and make sure you know who and who's yeah. done what, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, so we've talked about retargeting. Is there anything else you want to add on to retargeting? There's a lot, but I think we can talk about that maybe in another episode. There's there's so much we can dive into with the specifics of this, but as long as you know the steps and the basics of each step, mm-hmm. you can really uh, create a more successful campaign. Yeah, actually, I think our, our last episode, maybe 20, 20, or 19, 20 or 21, one of those episodes, we actually talk about uh, retargeting without using pixels. So that's exactly what we're talking about here is a full yeah. maybe 45-minute episode on, on yeah, that. Without, so, yeah, without, yeah. So there's a lot we can go into it. But yeah, retargeting stacks are fascinating. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in them yet. I'm still learning about them. I don't use them as much for my lead gen clients. But when I start getting more into e-com, e-com, man, the, the stacks are very important as far as knowing who's purchased, Who's not purchased? When they purchased? What to send them? You know, based on the amount of time that's passed. Ooh, it yeah. gets it gets complicated. And, and not tripping over your own toes in that instance where you know a right. product is full price and all of a sudden Ooh, it's fifty percent no off. One likes that because a lot of times you know when you're testing your hooks and stuff, you have to be aware of what what did I already send out? Right. Who's seeing yeah. this again? Making sure right? you track everything in a spreadsheet. I'll tell you that mm. much. Um, but yeah, so that's really step six there. Uh, at, which is basically come with these retargeting strategies, if you will. Now, lastly, uh, the last step here really to have a successful campaign is making sure you're always optimizing. Mm. So what I mean by that is this, is that Facebook is smart. If you set everything else up right, these six steps here, mainly the testing phase and mainly yeah, may, making sure you have the right hook and all these things, there will be lots of leads that will come in the door uh, on an ongoing basis. Now, if it's a smaller geographical area, you're going to have to refresh your ads a lot more, come up with different creatives, come up with different hooks, Mm -hmm. because those people might have already seen your brand already. Right. So you're refining it. Yeah, you're refining it. Now, on a larger scale, if you're you're targeting entire countries, you won't run out of people as fast, which is nice. Mm -hmm. However, you're going to have to run into other issues such as optimization, where you need to come in and make sure you're optimizing the entire process from step one all the way through with your funnel. So for example... Let's say, remember, you tested out your creatives, you tested out your hooks, your buyer personas, you tested out all that stuff, right? But let's just say at one point that creative is no longer getting enough people to click through. Your ideal click-through rate should be 1%. Mm-hmm. So for every 100 people that, that are the ad is served to, one person needs to click through mm-hmm. out of okay. that 100, at least one. At and least that, that's, and your, that's, that's a good click-through yeah. rate, very good click-through rate. So if you're not getting that, let's say you're getting under one, you need to go back in and you need to be optimized. You need to be testing more creatives. Maybe check out your targeting, see what's different, see what needs to be changed. Maybe test out your a different hook. Yeah. Because this is what's gonna happen if it's under 1%. Mm-hmm. 
But if it's at 1%, that means your targeting's good, that means your hook is good, that means your creative is good. That means people are clicking. That's a good sign. Uh -huh. So that step is covered. That's right. the first optimization step. Okay. If that's covered, you're good. Ensuring your click-through rate is, is, is at least 1%. 1%. That's right. Uh, and your relevance score is high as well. Uh, you want to make sure you have a good relevance score. Uh, that kind of comes now back. This is Facebook, Facebook right? Yeah, this relevance is more score, Facebook, so, though. Right. But like, it comes back into play with um, making sure you have good social proof on your ads. Mm -hmm. If you have a good hook, though, naturally you'll get people commenting and sharing and liking. However, if um, if you're not getting that, your relevance score could suffer. If you If people are not liking it, your relevance score goes down your costs will go up, yeah. and that's not good. And I think that's an important thing to consider is, is when you're looking at your relevance scores or, or, or even just kind of refreshing and optimizing your creatives, it's it's important to, to stick with the times. You know, like sometimes um, memes are, are awesome, so people are going to be responsive to memes, but once that gets played out, you might want to go into like more colorful abstract pictures. Sure. That might work too. Uh, one previous uh, episode you mentioned using blurry pictures. Blurry photos. Right? So yeah, you have to kind of keep up with the times. Just because something worked really well two months ago doesn't mean that same thing is going to work well two months later. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so, you, you have to be testing and making sure you're optimizing throughout the process. If mm -hmm. something's getting under those key metrics, that's what we call them, uh, having 1% click-through rate, if it's getting under that, keep testing. See what else could work. Um, another key metric to really look at is your uh, opt-in rate. So if they go into your bot or they go into your funnel and they want to opt-in for the offer, whatever it might be, making sure that when they get to there, 20% of people that land on that page or land in your bot are opting in. Mm. So let's say, hey, remember your click-through rate has to be 1%, right? So let's just say you have, um, uh, we'll call it 1,000, right? So 1% of 1,000 is 10 people. Right? Out of those 10 people, when they click through to your page, you want at least two of them to opt in. Okay. That's the goal, 20%. 20% of the people that click through need to be opting into your thing. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then from there, you can figure out your other numbers on the back end as far as the show up rate, yeah. the conversion rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all down the line. So the, really the goal here is to make sure each stage is meeting those metrics and then you just need lots of volume. The more volume, the more numbers, the more show up people people show up, more conversions. That's how it goes. There's a few different stages, but making sure you have those along the lines, and if they're not, optimize. Go in and optimize. That's great. So, is there anything you want to add on optimization? Because I think this has been a very fruitful. It's a lot of stuff. I know. It's point. a lot of step. Or a lot of steps. I know. But one thing I would like to mention one more time is that. The social proof, we didn't mention that in the steps, but that is de definitely very important. Usually, Episode 25, we talk about yeah, social proof Yeah, we did, proof a we lot. did, but usually mm -hmm. that's very important when it comes to your relevance score. And if your relevance score is low, your costs will be a lot higher. So you can even share it with friends. Maybe share it with a share with a page that's you know your page uh, fans that have already liked your page. Yeah. Just start running it to them for a bit. Get some of those likes accrued, and then now run it to cold. That's traffic. that's so important to understand and, and leverage your your existing network, your existing connections, your exist existing pages, your colleagues, your peers. When it comes to optimizing and, and testing, this is, this goes for anything. Even if you're developing a product, you need to talk to people and beta test it before you go out to the market that's with right. it. That's right. And it's it's amazing how much um, in, insight and how much um, feedback you can get from people before you start spending and burning your marketing dollars. That's right. That's right. And so that's what uh, social proof is always very valuable. But that's basically the seven steps. There's a lot of them. So, but overall, that's... 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and reiterate those steps. So the first sure. step to building a profitable campaign is to do your customer and your competitor research, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is testing, and we talked about three rapid fire ways uh, within testing or phases of testing that you can get. Um, start to get results and understand mm -hmm. where your ads are going. The next part is your ad copy. So yeah. you wanna test your hooks. Yes, yeah, right? so more of just the ad copy and Headlines. the creative. That's more uh -huh. of the, the rapid fire test three, but we're really combining steps two and step three here. Together, together. okay. Yeah, okay. those are just so important that you have to do, the testing is, yeah, it's very important. That's the that's a fundamental Because if you piece. go with the testing right, none of the else is gonna go right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we talked about building out your funnel, building mm -hmm. out your campaign a little bit more. And we talked about landing page optimizations. We talked about bots. That's we right, talked yeah. about um, Canvas ads, mm -hmm. right? And one of the little hooks in there was if you're starting to use the best uh, or the latest features on Facebook or whatever social media platform, you get a little bit more leverage on there. But understanding how people are interacting with your landing pages mm -hmm. or your, your bots and, and, and looking at that funnel, optimizing I'm gonna say that word. I know it's step seven, but optimizing that that um, that journey, the journey, right? yeah. that customer journey is is a key piece because if uh, you might have the greatest product in the world, but people aren't actually getting to the pay now page, I know. What, what's really, the point, exactly. right? If they're not opting in, what's the point? Exactly. And then email sequencing and nurturing mm -hmm. was another step. That's step five, mm -hmm. and um, and that's a really interesting one because. Um, we get caught up in all these social media stuff and ads and you know and all the blog posts and everything and we kind of like throw email to the side but that's one of the most fruitful um, yeah. techniques it's still alive and well alive if you do it and well absolutely and it's great because it ha it offers an opportunity to have multiple touch points with your customers mm -hmm. your prospects without having to pay for it I right? know now you own that traffic you absolutely don't have to pay for it. owned traffic mm -hmm. absolutely good way to say that. And then we talked about step six, which is retargeting stacks, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also plays into the email part, right? Delineating your audience, yes. understanding Segmenting. where people are, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding where pe what people have purchased, that way you don't trip on your own toes and yes. sell something for 100% price and then the next day it's 50% exactly. to the same person. But um, it's also a great way to, to continue to nurture your, your prospects or to build on, on the image and the visibility that you've already provided. Yeah, it's good for reminders, good for other offers mm. because you know what's that, what, where they are in the buyer's journey at that point. If you create your funnel properly, you can stack out all that good retargeting so you know where they are by that point. And it's, it's something because you want to make sure where they are so you give them the right message. And then the last piece was optimizing. Rinse, refine, repeat. Yeah, and sometimes you won't have to. Sometimes if you create everything else properly, it'll just run, and Facebook will do its job for you. Mm. But sometimes it doesn't go well, so you got to figure out what stage you're in. Are people clicking through? Am I getting one percent on the top of the funnel? Uh -huh. Am I? No, maybe I'm getting under. Okay, I got to retest my creative, retest my copy, retest my headline, my hook. Yeah. See what's maybe change it up a bit. See if they respond better. From there, when they get to your landing page, are twenty percent of them opting in? Um, is it under? Okay, I got to go and retest a few things on my landing page. Maybe my button text is off. Maybe my colors are off. Whatever it might be. Always be optimizing and hitting those key metrics. Fantastic. Fantastic episode. I'm going to put a lot of these into play with my own. Mm -hmm. I've experienced a lot of these uh, challenges myself. And, and actually hearing um, hearing this laid out in seven steps is, is very useful. And um, I think I'll be taking a different approach mm -hmm. to my, my personal business from this. So thank you very much for that. On the next episode, we're gonna be talking about how to take your idea and start building a business and reveal the key to destroying procrastination. I'm Lante Tacona, your collaboration connoisseur. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at L-A-N-T-E-I. And as always, Nathan Garrett, your digital dynamo. You can find me at NathanGarrett.net. All right, guys. 
Thanks.